0: that done, which was quite an accomplishment. It was, a, it, was a, it was a long night last night, right? Now, how's everybody doing? It's good. Again, some of you I haven't seen since last year, and it's good to see all you guys. We made it. I Man, I just, I'm just, I am so excited this morning. I just really appreciate the love of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning, uh, the gratitude, the joy. Uh, I think that, I think we, we, we all feel a sense of relief that we got out of that last one and we're into this new one. Right. And I know there's a lot of uncertainty ahead of us in the world around us, but you know, we we were never promised that that would not be the case. But sometimes we 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 have assumed or presumed a degree of tranquility that is not necessarily guaranteed to us. And so, in the world around us, uh, you know, Jesus said, "In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world." And uh, so we got to get back to that 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 framework where we understand that the world is crazy, but All of our hope is in God. Amen. I want to share with you, um, you know, 2016, my life in photos, as if anyone cares. (laughs) Um, So a few things here, just, uh, hey, you know, I just want you to, you know, just kind of, just kind of, you know, let's see. So that every, every, this was actually a year ago today, because every New Year's Day, my wife and I go, yeah, so the question is, why do we make these kind of faces? But every year on New Year's Day, we always go to the, to the water. We always go to, like, Redondo Beach Pier, the Hermosa, that's the Hermosa Pier. And for some reason, we made that face. I don't know why, but that's... So I spent the rest... I spent all this year trying to figure out why we made that face. <laughs> but that was exactly a year ago today. and that's something? It was New Year's last year. Now, we survived, too. Now, yeah, now, this... Last year, we did. got some things. This Alex, we... we Alex and I, we actually... Organized all of our charts for the band into books that the guys don't use. <laughs> and, and, and for several for days, we were down here laboring over stacks of charts and and uh, and we scanned everything. Is I have copies of everything digitally and all blah 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 blah. And he looks totally perturbed, doesn't he? Yes. Um, this was the year that Max decided to get serious about physical fitness, and, and, and he started to get serious about driving as well. I mean, dude. Yeah, you know. I'm trying to take after his example. Look at that. I mean, he was just, he was barely, he was, I was like early. And, and now he's working on the, the, the little patches growing in in the back. Mine is kind of growing out, but uh. Willie Craver, we celebrated, what, 80, 80s birthday this, this last year. And we had a cake and look how, he looks totally surprised. And, and, and yeah, and uh, yeah, look at that. And, and then, this is the year Max got serious about driving. You know, what, the problem is that he he doesn't realize that by the time he gets of driving age, the cars will all be driverless, so he'll never have the thrill of doing what we we all get to do. So enjoy it while you can, little man. This is the year that we decided to get elegant. This is a Sharon Powell's retirement party. And uh, this is—I uh, decided to become a part of uh, the uh, of MI6, and these—and uh, I also decided to pick up some bodyguards, kind of like you know the preachers of LA kind of vibe. And so, there we have it. R- Richard looks a little too happy to be a bodyguard, but Jerry kind of looks—he looks, looks kind of bodyguardish, kind of that foreboding look with the dark glasses, can't see the eyes. Uh, yeah. Uh, then this was a year. Last year was a year that, that some of the Grace Chapel ladies t- tried to be elegant. I just thought I'd rag on him a little bit. I mean, but Cheryl is always posing. I wish she was here today. I mean, she's got the most swag, the most attitude. Plus, she's taller than the rest of y'all, the other two of you guys. (laughs) The one in the middle is kind of cute, though, I must say. Uh, What else? What else happened this year? This is the year that Max got serious about his piano playing. (laughs) If you've been in a band with me, you know that look. (laughs) You know that look, right, Alvin? That's the look. That's an E-flat there, boy, not an A. <laughs> he got serious this year. And then that's the year we've dedicated Max to the Lord, and he got serious about trying to pull his socks off while I'm praying for him <laughs> and looking at the camera already. Okay, what else happened? This this is the year I went down to, to the conservatory in, in Culver City to hear Jeff Ross play some gypsy jazz with his friends. It was really cool, and I thought I'd share a picture of it. There's Jeff up there looking kind of serious. And that's the, one of the guitars or whatever, a mandolin or whatever the the, the thing is that he uses in and the guy, that's actually a real violin, and the guy can really play it. Uh, this was on September 22nd. <laughs> I was in downtown San Pedro, and I was by the Grand, Warner Grand Theater, and I was getting angry because I saw this Christmas tree lot. <laughs> on September 22nd, I was totally flummoxed. And then I realized it was there because they were filming a movie, and it was part, it was part of a movie shoot. <laughs> that's why they all look good. It's like the, not like that Christmas tree lot over by your house where like, they're all torn down and everything, right? You know, uh, so that this this is my year. Okay, just deal with it. This is the year that Max experimented with different animal costumes. So for Halloween, there was the fox thing. You know, Uh, yeah, that's uh, the pumpkin patch in Redondo Beach somewhere. And uh, look at those look at those dogs in the background. And, and, And so, and then this is his. You know, he hit one year old. He had his own cake. And I won't show you the after pictures because the cake is everywhere. But Jasmine is kind of infringing upon his cake. And look at these. Look at her face. It's like, I sure want me some of that cake. Okay, um, this is the year that I found the coat I've been looking for. Also, the year that I took, put a picture up for you where I hadn't done the just for men thing. Because uh, <laughs> it was between. <laughs> I've been looking for this, this Elton John kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's for the. It's all about the music, right? And I found it. But I didn't buy it. I, I, I'm just so disappointed. And this, now, there's also the duck costume. He, <laughs> you couldn't decide. You could decide. <laughs> you know, every time they do that to him, you get that look like, what y'all doing to me? <laughs> and this is the year that I tried to teach Max not to eat the, the keyboard. <laughs> But it, I don't know if it worked. Anyway, so, and this is the year that I experimented with, with blue lighting when when I was on, on a, at a sound check somewhere. And 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 I don't know. And I got my 25th year certificate for being a pastor here for 25 years at a Foursquare square Bible conference. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, look, I look happy, huh? Yeah, I was. I, I survived, y'all. 25. I mean, I, I was, I, <laughs> you survived me. <laughs> you put up with me, right? And then I, after that, I, I got a gig at the Union Station playing piano in the lobby. Uh, and, and then I was, I was, so I'm moonlighting as a, doing that. And then I'm moonlighting as an amateur fledgling photographer. No, the, the piano was just there. It's just a picture, not a gig. Anyway, and then this is the, church, the year we got the church painting one more time. And we got to get some signage up there. And that's the year. Oh, this is the year that we had a great anniversary a couple of months ago and packed this place out with more people than we've had here in years and years. And it, it took me like three weeks to recover from that, but it was a beautiful thing. Video, three, it's three hours, so Ken has been editing it. and He had to go out the country, but you know, you ever try to edit three hours worth of video? It's like, yeah, it's so, uh, but what else? And the other day, second to the last day of the year, I was downtown. Right by the Grand since we're going to Ross Cutlery where OJ bought the knife, uh, I was going there to get some, some double edged blades, right? Not, not for anything nefarious, just, you know, and, uh, and run in, ran into Dolores. And as a, and we got a selfie downtown on, 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 uh, uh, something in Broadway or whatever street that was. Uh, there. Uh, so that was a good. And again, uh, you need to touch up that face, brother. Anyway, <laughs> so that was that's the year in pictures, 2016. What do you think? Some crazy stuff here, right? All right, all right. Don't don't mind me. I have my my photos library on my Mac. I've got 16,000 pictures, so it's like, yeah, I have a lot. So I went through and just tagged a few for you. Anyway. I'm, I'm going to get you out on time, but what on time is is totally up to me <laughs> let's talk about i want to just share a message out of 1 corinthians fifteen and and i'll use this because this is a phrase that paul uh uses in just in somewhat of a of a self descriptive manner by the grace of god I, I i how many of you would 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 concur that it is by the grace of God that we made it to this day. It is by the grace of God that you got through what you went through and came out on the other side and made it to this place today. It's the grace of God. God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor that he bestows on us freely and, and the ultimate expression of that grace is God sending his son Jesus to die for our sins, and not because we deserved anything, not because of any inherent uh, goodness in us, but because of his great love for us. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that God loved me so much that He sent His Son to die for me. And Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians the 15 chapter, beginning at, uh, checked, clicked you once there, beginning at verse nine, uh, he says, "For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the Church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I but the grace of God that was with me. The grace of God. By the grace of God. Just, just turn to your neighbor and say, it's by the, grace of God. by the grace of God. Now, in the midst of this chapter, 1 Corinthians 15 is a marvelous chapter in which Paul lays out, basically it's a treatise on the resurrection of Christ. He it, it talks about the importance of, the, he talks about the facts of the resurrection, the historicity of it, uh, Christ, the, you know, the resurrected, the risen Christ having been seen by so many people. He talks about the importance of it. And in fact, he goes on to say that if Christ is, is, is not risen from the dead, then we are of all people most miserable. We're still in our sins. And, and in the midst of that, and he segues into some additional stuff and he talks about the grace of God in, in his own life. And he gives us the uh, kind of a, a little bit of a, 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 a glimpse into his thinking about himself. And as we go into the new year. Um, it's helpful for us to think rightly or to think correctly about us, about who we are, about our own relationship with God, about, about our situation. And Paul uh, gives us this, 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 this glimpse into who he is in light of who he was, and then he's going to give us these four expressions of his self-concept. And I hope that as we m- move forward today on this first day of the year that we can, can relate to some of what Paul says And what he's going to give us, these truths need to be established within our thinking uh, because they will serve for you and for me as a corrective to voices all around us that are screaming other things and trying to define us differently than God would define us. Your biggest challenge, one of your biggest challenges is to allow yourself constantly to be defined in your own thinking by the word of God and by what Jesus and what God says about you and who you are rather than by the people that are trying to Make you in their own image, or, or 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 conform you to their worldview, and so this is this is this is helpful for us in that regard. Um, Romans eight sixteen says this, and uh, he's, Paul writes in in that chapter. He says the Spirit himself joins with our spirits; together they give witness that we are God's children. Fundamental point of self. Awareness, self-understanding for the Christian is that we are the children of God. We're sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not children of God in the more generic way, you know, like with God as our... Of, as our father brothers all are we let me walk with my brother in perfect unity that's the general uh, uh, the sense of the of all of mankind being uh, children of god by creation but we are children of god by new creation having been born again having been born of the spirit and paul is saying in romans eight sixteen that that the holy spirit within our spirits bears witness to that and we have to be sure that we quiet ourselves and that we focus ourselves on the scripture so we can, we can hear that witness and we can receive that witness because some of you are struggling with, with whether or not God really does love you and whether or not you really are saved and whether or not you're really a Christian and, 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 and that, that, that issue, if you've placed your faith in Christ, has been settled. Uh, so we need to move beyond that struggle. And there, there's a lot to that that I won't go into this morning. But if we listen carefully to, to that, 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 that voice within uh, the witness of the Spirit, we'll have this sense of assurance that we are the children of God. But Paul comes at us like this. He gives us evidence of these four realities uh, that undergird his faith in Christ. And the first one is this. He says, I'm not what I used to be. Now, for some of you, again, we don't—some of us, if we were—if we were—if you were raised as a Christian and you've had a fairly uh, innocuous life, you've had a fairly, you know, sane life experience and you didn't, you know, you didn't do a lot of crazy stuff, you were still— a sinner, and you needed to be saved by grace. But but some of us don't have the same awareness that maybe others do of the fact of the radical degree of, ch- of change that took place, particularly you know, those of you who became Christians in your adult years after you had established ways of living and patterns of, of responding to life and, and God came in, and for some of you maybe that's, that's, that's imminent or that's coming, but it's the thing of, of realizing that God came in through Christ in my life and made a change, and so I am not, whether you know it or not, Listen, I I received the Lord as a kid, but I can say because of scripture and because of the fact that I was born into sin, that I am not what I used to be. And if you're a Christian, you're not what you used to be. This has to do with memory. And in the case of Paul, and and let me put it, let me, let me, let me just put it on another level as well. As a Christian, even though you were, when you were saved, your sins were forgiven. You were, you were regenerated. You were born of the spirit, but. I think as we walk with, with the Lord, what we, we all experience is that even over the last 10 years, hopefully in your journey, you realize that you were saved 10 years ago, but you're not now what you were 10 years ago. Amen. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, but Paul understands, he says, I'm not what I used to be. I was, I was one who persecuted the church. I was one who, who, who roughed up Christians. I was basically trying to get them, I was trying to, you know, kill, get, get them killed but that's not who I am anymore. I was a persecutor. And it's it's important to remember where you came from, isn't it? It's important to remember your origins. That's why, you know, sometimes in contemporary church, we never want to talk about sin anymore. We never want to talk about the blood of Jesus. We never want to talk about sinful nature. We want to talk about, you know, fallenness or being lost because it's all good, right? But it's really important. That's why when we come to communion, communion is not a celebration of the resurrection. It is in essence, but it's a remembrance of the death of Christ, which points us back to the need for a savior. There's a reason why God sent his son to the cross. Paul understood that. And he said, listen, I'm not what I used to be. I used to be this persecuted. He says, listen, I don't, I don't deserve to be called an apostle on one hand, because I was such, I was such, you know, such a rascal, but thank God that, that God has changed my life. Uh, And no matter what, Uh, The emotions of the moment might try to dictate Paul had come to a place where he understood there is a significant and radical change that has taken place in my life. No matter what his critics and the detractors would try to say about him, because Paul, in his work as an apostle, was constantly derided and constantly persecuted and constantly criticized. Paul has to stand firm in the fact that, you know what, I'm not what I used to be. I am a different person. I, in the words of the Old uh, uh, Walter Hawkins' song, I'm not the same. Everything has changed. Whether you know it or not, that's the truth about your life if you're in Christ. Whether you feel like it or not, you're not what you used to be. This is something that we all need to get a, a handle on. Second Corinthians five sixteen and 17 says this, and Paul again writes this. He says, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. In other words, we're not, we don't just look at people like you know, like, you know, two people walking down the street, but we have this spiritual way of looking at folks and looking at one another in Christ. He says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. He's saying we, we, we have this new reality, this new worldview. We realize that if someone's in Christ, I don't care what their past is. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what, what sins they've committed. I don't care how heinous their past deeds were. If they're in Christ, they are a new person. They may be dealing with some stuff. They may, they may be dealing with the consequences of some of the past in the natural, but if they're in Christ, they are new. That same passage in the message reads like this. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah the way, that way once and got it all wrong. As you know, we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. The new life burgeons. Tell your neighbor, you're not what you used to be. be. And I don't mean you're older than you was before. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) But you're not. You're not. You're not what you used to be. The second one is this. I'm not what I ought to be. Paul for all of his embrace of the radical change that had taken place in his life and for all the fruits of that change, realizes that there is, there is, is there's, there's more that awaits him. Uh, that's the voice of conscience, if you will. Uh, I hope that none of us here today would conclude that we, we are all that we can or should be. I mean, even if you've been in the army be all that you can be, get a pretty little little, little paltry paycheck for it as well. No, we, you know, we're not. No matter how far along you are, and this, is, this maybe will give you something. You know, we're not talking about resolutions today. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe in New Year's revolution. And uh, uh, I, I believe in change, but I realize that we can make a lot of, we can just, say a lot of silly stuff today that we're going to do, and we'll do it for like five days, and then we're back to the old stuff. But how many of us can can say, you know what, in this new year, I really need to, and and we can't, don't be afraid to say that, because I know, again, in in our culture today, you're not supposed to need to do anything, or you're not supposed to be obligated to do anything, but I need to pray more. I would say, I, I need to. I don't know about you, but I do. I, I need to i need to care for people around me more i need to love others unselfishly to a greater degree i need to share my faith with people uh around in the world around me more i need i need to be more grateful how many of you uh, you know what i'm saying I, I need to be i really i and my wife is say yes you need to be more grateful more thankful uh i, I need to be more i, I need to be Let's just go old school. And I need to be more holy. I need to be more like Jesus. I really do. I do. And and Paul understands that I, I I'm not what I was, but but I, I can't get complacent. If we're not careful, we'll become so engrossed. And in a lot of Christian circles, we we spend so much time. You just got to know your rights in Christ. You got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know all the promises of God. You got to what the word says, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, but we forget. Yeah, but there's room to grow. And there's there's more to reach for. And there's there are heights that I need to aspire to. It's kind of tragic to conclude at any point that we're all that we need to be. That's what we would call the sin of complacency and we need to be careful about that complacency robs us of the of, of the of, of the blessing of, of of realizing all that god has for us you know well, complacency can rob you of things just in the regular natural aspects of life right and it's something when you care enough about things to try harder and to to seek more and to to raise your own standard and to and to, to set your sights a little higher and to to be something more and better than you are. Paul put it like this in Philippians, the third chapter, verses 12 through 14. He said, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. But this is his mindset. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, he writes, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has had called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, if, and, and, and I, I thank God for you. You guys have really just watered and fed my soul as if my soul is a plant. Uh, last night and today, just hearing the the sharing and the, 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 the words of testimony and just the um, just the joy because I, 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 I what I sense taking hold in our congregation is 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 is, is, is there's there's a there's a there's a little flame of, of of passion for Jesus that 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 is that that is being kindled and it's starting to grow and and I and I think some of you are realizing the value of, 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 of community and fellowship, the value of being together, the value of participating, the value of showing up, the value of connecting with other people, the value of prayer, of, of the word of God, of worship, in, in, in a way that will move you beyond apathy. Apathy is when you don't care. Apathy is when you show up, when you feel like it, whatever time you feel like it. And, you, and it doesn't matter because they're going to be there because that's what they paid Charles the big bucks to do to run the thing. So he's going to have the doors open and it will have the heat on. It might be too cold, might be too hot, but it'll be there, right? But, man, we got to get beyond that kind of apathy to the thing where, man, I want God so so much. I want God more than I want all the other stuff in my life. So it's worth some sacrifices. It's worth showing up to some stuff I really don't feel like going to. Like Saturday night prayer, sitting around with all those guys, and they just sit in a circle and look at each other and pray and stuff. You know, maybe there's a football game on. But, man, it comes. And I, but I said this last night. I said, you know what? And, and, and I'm not... I have no complaints about last night. It was lightly attended, but who was supposed to be there was there, and we had a, a, a fabulous time. And God spoke to us. And that's if, if, when we show up, and Jesus shows up. I'm good with that, you know. But but I, I, the one thing I said, you, you know, we we don't know what this what this what lies ahead in the world around us. And there may well come a time in the not so distant future where we are flocking to watch night and to prayer meeting and to get to church because of the, you know, of things that are developing in the world around us that are beyond what we are used to and that are more fearful and more and more and more threatening and more foreboding than we are accustomed to. And so before those times possibly, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but. I'd say while you can and when it's relatively comfortable and when it doesn't seem as intuitive, it's good to go on and press into the things of God in this new year. Is that fair? Amen. Y'all got quiet on me on that one. Maybe I should, I, I, I as I closed, I ain't closing yet. <laughs> see, we don't, we don't, but we, see, if you, if there are certain people in your life, they tell you what you need to do, your doctor tells. You know, if, if you've got some issue, he's going to tell you, you you got to do this. And you're, uh, some of you hire a personal trainer. I mean, I guess you pay them big bucks to say, well, you know, one suggestion would be that, you know, instead of the five-pound dumbbell, uh, dumbbell, you could uh, up that to maybe 10 or 15 because, I mean, curling five pounds for like 500 reps, that's, you're looking great, but it's like, you know, so you want to say, you want, you want, you want like a Mr. T for a personal trainer. I pity the fool that plays a five pound weight. Mr. T didn't get buffed like this paying no five pound weight. Pit up. (laughs) but see now it ain't good when pastors do that now we're being judgmental being hard. But sometimes sometimes you just got to tell folks, we, 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 we ought to do this. We need to do this. We need to, we need to press in to be more like Christ. We need to read our Bible. We need to try to, some of you ought to really work on reading the Bible through for once in your life this year. Some of you ought to show up on, at Bible. Some of you need to be at Bible study on Wednesday night. I know you don't want me to say it, but some of you, when are you going to be, when are you going to learn the truth of the word of God? When are you going to be taught? If you don't show up, where is the disciple? You know, but see, if you say that stuff, it's so un. Cool these days. But let's open our hearts to hear maybe hear God say it. And then when some when people around us say it, let's realize they're not being judgmental or critical. They're being loving because what you ought to do is what the things that are for your own well-being and your own betterment and your furtherance of your own cause. And so uh, Paul understood this. He says, Listen, uh, I'm not what I ought to be. There's more for me. And so I'm open to God and I'm open to the Word. I'm open to the Spirit for God to, to enable me to grow in Christ. To, to, to go deeper in my roots and to go higher in, in my faith, and then Paul says this: I'm, I'm not only so I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I hope to be. This is aspiration, and I hope that you have a kind of of, of asp- aspiration with regard to spiritual things this year. And we have two primary aspirations as Christians, and one is to be more like Jesus, right? We had a, I, I don't know I don't know how you felt about it, but I had a blast preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. I'm challenged by Jesus. I'm challenged by his teaching. I'm challenged by the, the life he calls us to, the, that greater righteousness, greater than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, that righteousness that, that goes beyond the letter of the law to the spirit of the law and the intent. It goes over and above, right? It's that kingdom ethic. Uh, so the one aspiration is to be more like Jesus, to love like Jesus, Right? To, to, to sacrifice, to serve like Jesus, to, to care for others. And then the other aspiration is to ultimately, as we enter the kingdom of heaven, meaning not just going to heaven, but entering into the rule and reign of Christ, uh, we, which leads us into eternity with him, not only do we want that, but our other aspiration would be that we want to bring as many people along with us on that journey as possible. In this new year, I'm going to be working really hard Uh, I don't know if redouble is a word because how do you, that's like four times, right? But I'm going to be intensifying a lot of my effort towards reaching out to lost people, reaching to people outside of the four walls of this church. I'm going to be trying to retool us as a congregation to refocus us so that we become much, much more. Because I think in the last couple of years, it's, it's really cool being here and you guys are really nice and it would, you know, but we need, we need the discomfort and the chaos that comes from a lot of new people because they're like in this region. They're, ten, they're like in, in the L.A. metropolitan area, what, 10, 11 million people. I think that there are a few more people that we need to be talking to. That's, one of our aspirations is to be is not only to be going to heaven, but taking more people to heaven with us. And to put it in the way I like to say, not only going, thinking about going to heaven, but bringing heaven to earth, bringing the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of Christ, his righteousness, his love, his power into the lives of people that need him. And so, so we talk about yeah, not what I hope to be. Let me ask you this: What do you hope to be in this coming year? What what do you aspire to? And I, I was I would suspect that you're here today because you want you want more from God. You want. Something different this year. You want something new this year. You want to grow a little bit. You want to be something. It, isn't it wonderful to think that maybe next year, as we come to Watch Night, or as we as we come to the service on, and I hope it doesn't fall on Sunday for a long time, but as we come to, to New Year's service, wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, just just imagine with me if we could look back and say, "Wow, it's been a good year." You know, and you can fill in the blanks. That dropped off my life. I stopped. And you fill in the blank. I started, and you fill in the blank. I, my, I I was able to to deepen my my network of relationships with people and become have more meaningful interaction with my brothers and sisters. I, I actually I really got involved in the life of the church and serving, and not just showing up. Wouldn't it be wonderful to look back a year from now and say, "Wow, I've made I can see measure." I like measurable, quantifiable pro- progress. Don't you? I I, I do. Uh, I like to be able to. I like metrics. We need, to, we need to use them a little bit more sometimes because we're trying to be really laid back. We don't. But uh, I, it's, wouldn't it be nice to say, you know, to be able to look back next year at our church and say, um, our attendance increased, and this is by a number, so let's say 50%. And we didn't just guess that because it looked like 50% more people to me, but, but we actually— uh, took the, the Excel spreadsheet that we keep on attendance and we looked at it. And we Wouldn't it be nice to see that? Wouldn't it be nice in your life to see your faith increase, to see your your your, your peace increase, to see your joy increase? How about that? What do you aspire to? What spirit, So then let me ask you this question. What spiritual goals have you set for yourself? I often say that spiritual growth does not happen by accident. You know, I, a lot of people think, well, you know, one of these days uh, the Holy Spirit is going to come on me. The Lord is going—I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be this spiritual gargantuan giant in the faith. Now, spiritual growth is a, is a, is like like physical growth and physical development. It's the product of habit and the product of of of. Uh, there are these things called spiritual disciplines that the church has embraced for millennia that things that people do like fast and pray and get quiet with God and, and engage in community and, and, and on and on and on. The things that people do and they do them and you do them and it's like you come to church. And, and isn't it cool that we come to church and we get like really, we get really like pumped up. That's You like that, don't you? I mean, I like it because as a pastor, you know, it's like, wow, I feel like today, I feel like, I mean, it was a great, this is like the best start to the new year. I mean, the only other thing I got to is go out to the pier with my wife and take selfies and make faces, you know, but, but I mean, you know, but really, you know, wouldn't it be something to be able to look back next year and, and, and see, but you have to, there, there are goals that, have to, you know, we have to set. It's like, what, what, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to be? What do you want to, what do you want to see happen in your life? And, but well, what I was saying was that we get pumped up and we leave church and we say, wow, that was really a great service. I felt really good. And, the, you know, the burdens lifted off my shoulder and the peace of the Lord and the joy and all that stuff. But the problem is that's, you know, you've got to go, you've you, you got to, the process of growth, that, that's going to give you a little bit, of, a little shot of adrenaline, a little boost. But how many of you know, like, I, I have really good meals sometimes. It's like last year, the whole year, I had this one meal. I told my wife we went to Five Crowns in Corona Del Mar, which is one of the Laurie's restaurants. Okay, and it was like it was it was absolutely the best meal I had had in a whole year, and not that I don't eat well, but it was just like that good, right? And, you know. But you know what? It was the strangest thing. The next couple of days, I had to eat some more, <laughs> and I couldn't eat that. Kind of, it was some kind of I forget. It was a steak that they did something like it was like crazy prime rib kind of thing, weird. By the way, my prime rib last week at two hundred degrees. When I got home, it, it just—I was preaching while I was while my my, my roast was cooking. It was, it came out beautiful. I should have put something in the oven today. It's all gone too. Yeah, I didn't know there was going to be eighteen people at my house. It's another story. But, but but I had to eat again. And what happened is you get, you're get you going to have a good time today. You're going to feel excited. You're going to go home. You're going to, what What do, do you guys watch football today and stuff? Judy's going to go home. When is the Rose Bowl? Tomorrow or today? Tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so you're going to be a prisoner in your own house. Because uh, <laughs> she lives right by the Rose Bowl. You know, be at work. you'll be at work. Okay. But you don't. Spiritual growth is, is the result of a lot of little choices every day. It's like you, my, my, you know, your physical condition is the result of a lot of choices every day and uh, what you eat. You know I ate some vegetables once. I had broccoli back in August. You, 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 get, you get where I'm going with that, right? So we need to set some spiritual goals. And then finally, this is what Paul said. I'm almost done. And this is his Popeye moment. By the grace of God, and He says it straight up: I am what I am. So you know, here's the tension. You're not what you used to be. You've been transformed by 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 Christ. You're not what you ought to be. You realize you have some 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 some, some latitude to some places you need to go. You're not what you hope to be. Hopefully, you have some aspiration to, to allow God to, to allow Christ to make of you the person that He really wants you to be, to conform you more to His image, to make you better. Yeah. Being a Christian is not just about being forgiven and 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 and, and you know, y'all any of y'all used to play Monopoly? Some y'all still do? I got it on my phone, it's very addictive. I always win. But and, and I always I always demean my cause, you know, like on the on the little tokens, I'm always either the race car or the battleship and I always but the, the AI is always the shoe. He's under my feet, right? <laughs> but but you know, the get out of jail free card, remember that? That's good to have, right? Uh well, you know, for a lot of Christians, the salvation is the get out of hell free card, you know. Okay, cool. I'm cool, you know. But the the Christian life is not just about escaping judgment. It's about it's about be- becoming the person that you that God is fashioning you f- to be for eternity. Uh, Hebrews talks about what Christ bringing, you know, Many sons to glory there 's the idea and and, and don 't i 'm not a heretic so don't don 't don 't throw stuff at me but in in, in Eastern orthodoxy uh, there 's a concept of theosis the idea of when you talk about when Peter talks about partaking of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that 's in the world through evil desires there 's this understanding in some branches of our faith that that God really is making us into he 's fitting us for eternity ultimately to be because you know we do expect to be to share in the glory of Christ, right? The idea is that I, and, and I don't want to get into this, but it's like I don't want to be like just a loser and a and 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 and, and, a, and, a, and a you know, you know, a slu- uh, you know a sluggard, a loser. But I'm saved. Don't have do nothing for God. Still got all those old habits, still got a bad attitude, been saved for 43 years. But, but I'm saved so I know when I die. And then you're going to wake up in heaven and go, what am I doing here? These people are like, what is this? I can't, I'm not used to this. I know. I know we'll be changed. But it's, think about it in terms of becoming a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and allowing Christ to, to begin to fit you for eternity. And in particular, the benefits and the blessings of eternity, which begins, uh, Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is life eternally. Eternal that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Eternal life begins when you come into relationship with him and, it is, and allow him to begin to, to shape your life. It, and to enjoy communion with him, to relationship with him, to, to walk in a way, to live in a way that pleases the Lord, to, to, to become more and more like him, to, to, to be his hands and feet in the world, to bless other people and, to, and to, to allow him to express his life and his love and his grace through you. It's more than just coming to church and just trying to be religious or escaping judgment. But it's about, it's about entering into a, a relationship with, I mean, I'm married, right, uh, 41 years, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's it's more than just I needed a legal spouse so that, you know, I could get the tax thing or whatever. But it's it's about, it's a relationship and it's about, and it's not okay where Mary and I got me. That's you know, my old lady over here. My wife hates me when I say that. I can't say, you my old lady. I'm your old man. She would slap me. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it's not just about. It's about wow, how deep can we go in this relationship? What are, What are the potential? What's the possibility? How of 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 the intimacy that we can share? How what, what how can we what can we do together in the world? You know, I think of of the fact that you know together we serve this congregation in a way that would not be the same if I were um, if if I were doing it by myself. There's there's something that we that we look at the our influence in the world as a as a relationship and the same way with christ you 're in a marriage and it's it 's a relationship and and we want it to be more than just than just uh, religion, but we want it to be that life paul but Paul understands let me wrap this up that and this is his humility i i 'm not what i used to be i 'm not what I ought to be i 'm not what I hope to be, but I am what I am by the grace of God now, in the moments, after all this other stuff i don 't want you to go home and toss and turn on your on your bed tonight and uh and say, man, I, I got to, I ought to. I Do this. You set spiritual goals. You you do the things you can to, to move toward Christ. But stand today in this moment where you are with your feet firmly planted on the ground and be grateful that God has, 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 has redeemed you through Christ. Be grateful that your sins are forgiven. Be grateful that you have been changed, that you have been born again. Stand with your feet firmly planted and be grateful. And, and in this moment... Realize that, hey, you know, it's all in, in, in that sense, it's all good. I am what I am. I got to this place. We got through 2016. We're here in 2017. By the grace, by the unmerited favor of God, we are where we are. And so from this place, we have the opportunity of going forward, of, of reaching for more. But you know what? Enjoy this day. Enjoy your black-eyed peas. You can have them. Now, if you got some gumbo, I might come by. But enjoy this day. Enjoy worship. Enjoy God's people. Enjoy every day. It's this combination of peace and, and and this combination of resting of the rest of faith. R E S T. We rest in the finished work of Christ and realize that we are what we are by the grace of God and realize that whatever. Now here's the flip side of that, and I'm, I'm about to take this on out. All right, uh, you know, understand this. If the, you know, Paul is saying as well that if it weren't for God's unearned unmerited favor uh we would still be lost and that's what he says with regard to the resurrection in first corinthians 15 he says if christ hadn't got up from that grave we'd all be toast yeah. so don't ever get in your mind for a moment that it's because of you that you are in the faith because of you that god god says you are so special i want that one no it's because of God and his grace. Paul is saying, if there's anything good in me, if there's anything praiseworthy in me, if there's anything worth admiring in me, if there's anything commendable about me, it's only because of the grace of God that's at work in my life. And I would say that this morning. I hope you would, too. If, if there's any way that I, as your pastor, have blessed you, if there's any way that I do anything good for the kingdom of God, it's not because I am so good. It's because of the grace of God in Christ that has been shown to me. Vance Havner put it like this. Listen to this. He says, few of us are big enough to become little enough to be used by God. We need to come down off the high horse and realize if we're serving, that's why we don't have to trip and have all kinds of head, you know, head games when we're serving. You know, it doesn't have to be about big I and little you, as we used to say in church, right? It doesn't have to be about, you know, getting your, tie, your name on everything and your title just right. Because here's the thing. We realize that, that, that we're, we're, we, serve, we, get, we get to serve by the grace. Of I get to do this. I don't, I don't deserve to be up here doing this. I don't deserve to, 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 to serve you guys as pastors. You don't deserve, you know, worship. You guys don't deserve to be up here, although you're really good. But it, you know what I'm saying? The worship part of it, the service part of it. We don't deserve any of that. God has chosen us through grace. And it's, it's grace that, that allows us to participate in his work. But as, as Havner is saying, there, you have to become little enough to be used by God. And that's, that's when you're truly big. When you realize that it's only by... See, if we all, are, if we all embrace grace a lot of the trouble, you, problems you see in church would go away, because you know what a lot of the problem is, that some people think that they're there because they really are more special right. than you are. Right. 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 And, and, and we realize that, you know what, every single one of us came through that door. There's nobody that sets, there's nobody here that is not the product of the grace of God. Amen. So that, that, that's humility. And so uh, that's one of the things we, have, I am so, I got so sick of this year in this political season. I'm uh, is was is not just the idea of uh, of um, of discourse because there, there's a there's a place in, in 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 politics, there's a place in in academia, there's a place for argumentation and discussion and disagreement. There's a place in church for for disagreement and difference of opinion. But the thing that that is so painful and so tedious is the is the uh, uh, the uh, Character assassination and the the ad hominem attacks designed not just to distinguish policy differences, but to destroy the other person. There's no way God is in that. And so when we get to that place, Jesus has gotten left at the door. I don't care what label anybody is wearing. Uh, When we just want to discredit and decimate the the the, the, the opponent but sometimes christians like in church we can play the game i want to thank you all for being a, a loving group of people that spirit you don't allow that spirit to 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 to, to, to grow in our midst because we just want to discredit people who think differently than we do or see it differently than we do and 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 you know and that in some way differ from us uh, you know, we, and we, we talk about moral issues, we talk about cultural issues, we talk about finer points of biblical doctrine, uh, but there are some things that aren't as clearly defined in scripture, and you, we give people room to have different opinions on without chopping their head off, right? right? Oh, we all need a healthy dose of humility as we go into this new year. I'm about done this morning, but, but let me tell you something. There's a lot of smart people in this room. I, I wouldn't say if you're smart, raise your hand, because I know all your hands will fly up. <laughs> Or you'd be looking around to see who didn't raise their hands, say, oh, I knew something was wrong with him. You know. But let me tell you something. You didn't get here this on this morning by your intelligence. You didn't get to this place by your smarts. You got here by the grace of God. There's a whole lot of good looking folks in this room this morning. Y'all look marvelous. so and you, we, I love our vibe because we dress up, we dress down, we dress, you know, all kinds of ways because we, it's not about that. But you look good because you got most, most of you are smiling. Some of you are scowling at me. That's okay. Some of you have on your dark glasses. I can't see your eyes right now. But you look great. You look great. You look good. But let me tell you something. You're not here by your good looks. You didn't, get to, you didn't get to this place by your looks. It is by the grace of God. And that's the foundation that we have to stand firm on as we enter this new year, the grace of God because that's the reality that will take us through the economic downturns that's the reality that will sustain us through political upheaval that's the reality that will hold us steady when the world around us is reeling and rocking that is the solid rock upon which we build our lives we say as paul said i am what i am and i stand where i stand and i'm secure because of the grace of God, I'm not what I once was. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I hope to be, but I am what I am by the grace of God. I realize, Paul says, that, that my past is in the past. Aren't you glad about that? I realize that my future is bright and that my standing is secure because I'm resting on the finished work of Christ. Because of that, our aspiration is not to earn our salvation it's already been given to us, but to allow God's grace to have full effect in our lives. Paul says it's all about the resurrection. Like the songwriter said, I think it was Bill Gaither some years ago. He says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. It sounds like I'm preaching an Easter sermon up in here this morning. Right on the heels of Christmas. But that's what it's all about. So we're grateful as I conclude this morning. And I'm just going to pray and we're going to. No, I'm not going to bring the band back up. I'm going to let you go because I know it's it's a holiday and it's, and and I'm already 15 minutes over on my new thing. And we did an hour last week. If you weren't here, it was an hour and I still couldn't get you guys to go home. (laughs) How many times you go to a Pentecostal church and they do a a service in an hour? (laughs) A good one too. And a lot of you here this morning, blessings on you for coming today. Thank you for being here. And thank you for last week. We was well attended as well. I was, us pastors, we feared this season because when the holidays fall on Sunday, we knew you could have been opening presents under the gift. I'm still looking for Lacey. Where is he? After posting that sweet potatoes on the Facebook last week, um, I'm going after that brother this week. <laughs> oh, let's pray together and we'll dismiss. We're we'll gonna go home. How about that? I, let me just ask you this: How many of you, how many of you, aspire? To, and let me. This is if you've been in church in, in, in churches for a long. Time, we say to higher heights and deeper depths. How many? How many of you want to go higher in the things of the Lord this year? And how many of you want your roots to go down deeper? I know I do. Can we agree as we pray today that that God will 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 work in our lives together as we surrender to Him as we yield ourselves to Him?